Welcome to Roadside, where we talk about the fascinating and sometimes disturbing history behind roadside attractions and unique destinations. Hello! Hello! And welcome to today's very special episode of Roadside. I'm Janica. And I'm Abigail. And I'm Ryan. And this is Ryan! Hi, Ryan! <laughs> you need to get a little closer You're gonna to that. You have to get a little, yeah, I was going to say, you got to get a little closer to that mic. Uh, this is Ryan. He's my boyfriend. Um, the one that I just moved in with. That one. That one. And not one of my other ones. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to be a little guest today. Ryan's first appearance on the podcast. Excited. Very excited nice. about I'm it. Excited. Yes. Welcome, Ryan. We love you. Welcome to the Roadside family. So, what's up with you, Mom? Well, I am in my new recording studio. It looks like it. It's not complete yet, but it's it's much better. Grandma actually had 16 four by six styrofoam panels that oh. she gave me that like they were left in the house when they moved in there. Yeah. It like makes perfect padding to go That's against awesome. the wall. Yeah. It's free. Even it, better. Absolutely. I love that. I'm yeah. trying, well, I am trying to do this whole studio as cheaply as possible. So yeah, <laughs> with things that I can find. Cool. I think it looks good so far. I mean, I can't see very much of it, but I'm sure it looks great as do all your projects. I painted two walls black so far and then I hung up the styrofoam panels like on the ceiling and on one of the, like the wall opposite me just for the sound. Okay. And then over to the side, you know, it's like just my basement. So I just like hung a blanket there to kind of yeah. <laughs> hold the sound back from that. But I have bigger plans for it, but that's, that's where yeah. we are right now. Yeah. I'm excited to see it. And I just have to give a big shout out to Rob, my friend Carol's husband. I know Rob. Because he uh, takes care of me and my car troubles and the AC <laughs> went out in my car on the way to, mm -hmm. to see yeah. you guys last weekend. <laughs> I got it fixed and I just had to give a shout out to Rob for taking care of me. Yeah. Go Rob. And go Carol. Yes. Hey, love you guys. Definitely. I don't think they listen, but love them anyway. <laughs> we love them anyways. Yes. So how are you guys? We're doing great. Not too bad. We are finally decorated, mostly. Good. Nice. Uh, at least the living room. At least the and living the room and the kitchen. The bedroom is still a mess. Cat room still a mess, but that's how that's mm. going to be. Yeah. At least the cat room will be. We'll, yeah. get our, we'll probably get the bedroom tomorrow. At least I'll probably work on it most of the time because abigail has to work mm -hmm. nice yeah i gotta work tomorrow morning i mean that you're making really good progress for just after yeah. a couple weeks yeah i know we're not even a month yet so yeah awesome Exciting. yeah i like it i like it here it's very nice Pretty nice good it's cozy i'm glad so jealous you got abigail got to sit with in, in our living room with our three big windows wide open because it was storming yesterday and she got to just sit there with I just got to sit there and read, and Percy was sitting on the windowsill looking out the window. I'm so jealous. He was at work. <laughs> oh, and I know you've been wanting to do that. As soon as I got like 10 minutes out, the, the rain just stopped. Yep. It was bright. Ah, I know. So. Oh, well. You'll get another storm, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so what do you got for us today? We don't have any other like business stuff to do, right? I mean, if people want to get a free trial to Patreon, they can go to patreon.com slash roadside. Do that. 
That doesn't sound like a bad idea. Check out our bonus episodes for a week. That's where we have all of our bonus episodes. Yes. Very exciting. Go do that. And then, you know, stick around and support us. Please. We'd love that. Pretty please. With sugar on top. Yeah. Today, the reason that this lovely man is here next to me today is because... Sorry, that was our ice maker being loud. Oh. <laughs> the reason that this gorgeous man is sitting here next to me today is because today's episode takes place in his hometown of Galesburg, Illinois. All right. I was thinking, like, what could possibly be in Galesburg that would be worthy of an episode? You'd be surprised. <laughs> well, so today we are talking about St. Crescent. Okay. Before we get into it. We are going to talk a little bit about Galesburg itself, so you can okay. kind of get the vision of where we're at. Okay. Galesburg is a teeny tiny little town in the middle of nowhere. It's not that small. It's not that small, but you know, <laughs> 30,000 people, so it's not that small. Okay, yeah. But in the middle of nowhere, Cornfields, Illinois. <laughs> All right. It's not wrong. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> Galesburg was founded in 1857 and has actually achieved quite a bit over the years. They built Knox College uh, in the town, and actually, one of the Lincoln Douglas debates took place at Knox College. Oh, that was, that was a nice. Thing. Yeah, like, like I didn't know that. Apparently, the sto- the story is that like the door to get to the stage for mm-hmm. them to debate was locked, so Lincoln had to climb out of a window, and he like used it, uh, and, like, made a joke about it. As <laughs> to the stage. That's kind of funny. That's, That's funny. great. Galesburg was also a stop on the Underground Railroad. Oh. And stood up very much against uh, slavery back oh. in Civil War times. Wow. Residents of Galesburg actually created one of the very first anti-slavery uh, organizations in Illinois in 1837. That's awesome. Before the town was even founded uh, officially, but you know. Yeah. Still, go those people. Yeah, exactly. And the founder of Galesburg, George W. Gale, <laughs> was actually indicted for harboring runaway slaves really in 1843 yeah 1843 wow. the was was officially there he was arrested for harboring runaway slaves i actually didn't know too much about the our past with slavery yeah but that's kind of crazy it's kind of interesting yeah. yeah and eventually with building railroads galesburg became a train stop and it's still very much a train town okay and the train station really helped the town grow, like, financially and in population and all that kind of stuff. So this is the town that we're in. It's also very cute. And it's got a cute little downtown area. It's actually freaking adorable. It's the perfect little storybook town. I wouldn't okay. mind moving there eventually. But Ryan so it's like, the, it's like the Hallmark towns, like the Hallmark movie towns. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Especially, okay. like, the downtown area, for sure. So if I go there, I can probably meet some uh, multimillionaire farmer. Yes. <laughs> Look at his face. Maybe. <laughs> no, I... maybe? <laughs> try, try, try around the country clubs, maybe? Yeah, try the country clubs. <laughs> all right, all right. So that's where we're at. Most, not most, but it, there's a lot of farm folk there, and it's a pretty relatively small town. So There's a cornfield like a block from my high school. <laughs> yeah, there's a cornfield behind his house. It's behind okay. his house, it's a cornfield. So lots of cornfields. Lots of corn, yes. <laughs> okay. However, we are not here to talk about Galesburg. We are here to talk about oh. what is in Galesburg, or rather, who 
is in Galesburg. Oh, okay. Yes. Who has resided there since 1887. Okay. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> you never would have guessed this about my town. <laughs> I am, of course, talking about the famous St. Crescent. St. Crescent is one of the only 10 preserved bodies of saints that are in the United States. Oh, like an actual saint? An actual body of an, oh, a saint. Oh, shit. He, he's a child. Child saint. Child saint. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. We're going to get into the story. I didn't okay. know. I actually didn't know There's too not a much whole lot about him about that story. we know, but I'll get into what I, what I could find. But yeah, okay. the stuff Abigail found on it was actually pretty interesting, and I didn't know much about it either. Well, I haven't even told him all the stuff I found out, yeah. so I'm excited. Okay. Alrighty then. So, there's not actually a lot known about St. Crescent's life, because he did live sometime between 284 and 305 CE, so a very long time ago. Okay. Yeah. So, he, he's old, basically. But he's only been there since the 1800s. Yes, we'll get into it. Okay. So what we do know is that St. Crescent was somewhere between 9 and 11 years old. Oh. And he was from a noble Roman family. Okay. And his father was also a saint. Oh, wow. Somehow. Named Euthemius. Euthymius? Euthemius? Euthemius. Euthemius sounds more right. Okay. Yeah. St. Crescent and his parents were all baptized together by the same priest. Um, hey, I'm the one in control here. I'm, I'm doing the notes. <laughs> what yeah. is he doing? Oh, he's trying to scroll down and look at my notes is what he's doing. No, no cheating, yeah. Ryan. Gotta roll the prizes. you got to listen along with the rest of us. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they were all baptized together. Very, They were all uh, devout Christians. Okay. And... When the persecution against Christians began, St. Crescent and his family fled to the Italian city of Perugia to avoid being murdered because they lived in Rome. Oh, okay. Um, and in Rome, if you were Christian, you were going to die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, St. Crescent's father, St. Euthymus, died. St. Euthymius died pretty soon after. I found a couple conflicting stories about how he died. Some say... That he was murdered for his Christianity, and some say he died of natural causes. Some say he died of a disease. So I don't so really know. Definitive. No, but I mean, he it's died. Really hard to find something definitive on someone yeah, that lived with that, that long ago. That was that yeah, long ago. True. Which is why there's not a whole lot known about Saint Crescent and his life. Yeah. It's not really known why, but after his father's death, Saint Crescent and his mother traveled back to Rome. Um, on the Via Salaria, which is a famous historic road in uh, Italy. Okay. And they were soon on the road found out to be Christian, and they were both beheaded. Oh, my gosh. On the Via Salaria, uh, just outside the gates of Rome. So they were not allowed back into Rome. They that's, were just that's crazy. killed. That's awful. I also don't know why St. Crescent is a saint. Oh. I could not find anything on that. Okay. That's pretty young to be a saint, isn't it? It is. And I wish I knew why, but I don't. But he is an actual saint. Like has yeah, been okay. definitely. Hmm. The body of St. Crescent was entombed in the catacombs under Rome, where okay. they remained until 1838, so hundreds of years later. Yeah. When he was found. 
And once his body was found, it was entrusted on like the whole like thing that he was in, the casket and everything. It said like, this is St. Crescent. Um, It had his name on it and everything. So everyone was like, oh my gosh, this is a saint. But there wasn't any reason why he was a saint. There wasn't really any documents or anything. But it said, this is a saint. So his body was entrusted to Father Antonio Rosmini, who is the founder of the Rosminians, which is like a religious Catholic charity order uh, within the within the Catholic Church. Okay. So Father Rosmini placed the body of St. Crescent under the altar in his chapel in Stressa, Italy. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing all this Italian stuff wrong. <laughs> I mean, you got to do your best. That's, that's all we got. <laughs> so he placed the body under the altar just so that he could be there for all of the services and oh, kind of be there to worship and, uh, you know, kind of relive his Christian background. Yeah. Just to kind of, you know, keep him alive in a way. When Father Rosmini passed away, the body of St. Crescent remained there in the care of the Rosminians in Italy. That was until 1885, when a Rosminian priest named Joseph Costa bought land in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, to build a Catholic church. Ah, okay. Um, so, Joseph Costa was a priest, and the middle school that Ryan went to was Ca- Costa Catholic School. Oh, Wow. Named after this yeah. priest. Catholic Academy. Yeah. They changed the name. <laughs> Sorry. Get it right. I mean, come on. They used, they I know. I should have done my research. <laughs> they used to have a high school, but I think they didn't have, they just didn't have enough people going, so they yeah. shut it down. It, a lot of, like, um, middle school kids and, like, preschool kids were, like, still going, but the mm-hmm. high school-wise, high school it wasn't. I don't think it was doing the numbers they needed. Okay. So... Father Costa was from Italy, and he spent a lot of his life there before he moved to the United States. Um, he was actually forced to move to the United States by his fellow Rosmanians. Why? I found so much interesting stuff about okay. this guy. <laughs> so I found a whole article, like a 12-page long essay, just about this guy detailing his life. Hmm. And I found that he could not live peacefully with his fellow priests, according to this article. Okay. Well, this article that I found was, like, from the 1800s. It was a Catholic newspaper. Oh, wow. So it was written by, like, the people that know him. Yeah. He was said to be super awkward, kind of full of himself, had a little bit of an ego to him. And his superior said it was difficult to get along with him because he was, quote, too attached to his own opinions. Oh, all right. So he was argumentative, I suppose. He always did look like a very strong, opinionated man. (laughs) He must have been. We had a giant painting of him in our school and Um, always kind of creepy as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he didn't really get along well with his fellow priests. And they said, you know, he's just, it's not harmonious or whatever. Okay. So he was sent to the U.S. to spread the Catholic Church by himself. Uh, All right. And they literally, like, picked the middle of Mm -hmm. the U.S. They're like, we're just going to plop you in the middle of the U.S. and go for it. He kind of stayed around uh, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, that, you know, whole area. But... He was a builder, so he was sent to build churches across the United States. Okay. 
He wrote during this time several letters to his superiors in Italy asking to send him some fellow priests just so he could have some companionship. Oh. All of his letters in these years spoke (laughs) heavily of loneliness and depression, and they would not send him any priests. Sad. Because he wouldn't get along with them. Hmm. But still, I mean. I know. It's kind of like isolating. Basically, basically, he remained by himself for several years building churches in the United States, just kind of roaming town to town, helping build churches, uh, hmm. staying there for a while if he needed to help them with anything, and then he'd move on to the next town. Okay. He became actually pretty well known in the towns that he visited as being very faithful, very friendly, and helpful. Hmm. Everyone said he was really nice, so I don't know where like the... Him disagreeing with his fellow priests. I don't know what his opinions were. Yeah, maybe, or, they, or maybe they just—I don't know. Maybe they didn't like what he said, or he kind of learned once he came here. Like, I gotta get along with people more if I don't want to yeah. be isolated. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, probably, probably a little bit of that. But everyone said he was very kind, and he was very clearly dedicated to to the Catholic Church. And even though. He was given plenty of money to help build the churches uh, from, you know, like the Pope and everybody in Rome. Yeah. He lived very simply, only spending money on himself, like when he absolutely needed to for food or whatever. Yeah. And the rest he saved just to help out in the community with the church. Oh, okay. So even, even even the money that he was given for like food and shelter and all that stuff, he rationed a lot all right i feel like that's how most priests kind of live at least the ones i knew back home yeah they tend to not live super lavish lavish. right yeah Yeah. i mean the life of a priest has got to be super crazy (laughs) yeah i mean i think it takes a special person to be a priest because i i mean not that i I could because i'm a woman but (laughs) right yeah (laughs) but i couldn't imagine that so in the towns that he went to, he, as he went, created groups for people who wanted to abstain from alcohol. Okay. Not like Alcoholics Anonymous or anything like that, but people right, who but just like wanted the, to stay away from alcohol. Right. Like the temperance His movement. Groups for, yeah. Yeah. Um, and another little interesting tidbit. Father Costa was in Springfield, Illinois at the time of the Lincoln assassination. That's crazy. Oh, really? Yep, he was there trying Whoa. to help build a church. Oh, I never knew that. And the church that he had recently built was in was right down the street from the Lincoln family home. Hmm. Oh, wow. Is it still there? Probably. The church? Probably. Yeah, I'm sure. Probably. And although Lincoln wasn't Catholic himself, Father Costa arranged that the whole Catholic community in the area would help participate in the funeral in order to pay their respects to the president. Oh, I know. So I thought that was very sweet. Yeah. I don't know that. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I didn't know that either. I researched it. (laughs) I didn't either. (laughs) So, and then, you know, picked up, moved on to another place. Yeah. He continued around Illinois and surrounding areas, building churches and, you know, moving on. And eventually he ended up in Galesburg. And he was going to help build a church and a school. And this isn't. This is not yet the church that the baby saint will be in. Okay, the baby saint. This is a different church. 
I actually wondered how they decided that church was going to be the one, but um, we'll yeah. get there. Okay. We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> it was during this time that somebody tried to murder Father Costa. Oh my God. Why? What? Yeah. I found this out fascinating because people saved all the letters that he sent back and forth from Italy. Okay. And he wrote on October 31st. 1879, he wrote a letter that said, On the evening of the 2nd of October, between 8 and 9 o'clock, a disagreeable person came to the house under the pretext of settling the accounts for a plot in the cemetery. But in fact, he came to kill me. Oh! Seeing that he was trying to pick a quarrel, I opened the door so he might leave peacefully. But he seized me by the neck and struck me with an iron with such force as to leave me for dead. Oh, my God. And he took to his heels. He ran off. What the hell? My nephew, who was in the adjacent room, came out immediately, but he was too late to lay hold to the assassin. The doctor diagnosed a serious wound, discovering a cranial fracture of some length. Oh. I began to move to say mass, but the result was that my brain would not function and I could scarcely walk. Oh my gosh. As far as my mental state was concerned, it goes without saying, I was resigned to the will of God and that as far as I could, I prepared myself for the next life. Oh. He lived. Well, that's good, but holy shit. Somebody tried to kill him. Why? Apparently. Here's what here's this was fascinating. Okay. This was a little fascinating tidbit. I did not know that somebody had tried to kill him. And in Galesburg, he later wrote the reason for this attack to the same person because he sent this to the person and they were like, uh, why? Right. Why somebody try to kill you? So he responded once he seemed to be in, you know, better health. What seemed to happen is that at this new church that Father Costa had built, there was a family that was baptized into the church. Okay. Father and mother hadn't been to the church in several years, hadn't been to church at all in several years, but their older son continued to go. The older son eventually caught an illness and passed away before his last sacraments could be done. Mm-hmm. Now, for, for I don't know if people know this or not, but last sacraments are like a Catholic thing where you have to get your last sacraments done by a priest right before you die to like help you get into heaven or something. Yeah. I don't know. So the older son did not know that he had to have his last sacraments done. Father Costa blamed his parents for this. What? Because they didn't go to church (sighs) and they didn't teach him about the sacraments. Mm -hmm. During this young man's funeral, Father Costa was speaking, preaching Mm. to everyone that was there. Okay. And he happened to speak about his opinions Mm. on the son's parents. Mm. Uh. He told them that they allowed their son to die like an animal. Ooh. At the what the fuck? No. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. He did. He Don't like that. that. He said that. No, take it back. And it was their duty to teach their family about the sacraments. So basically, <sighs> at this man's funeral, he blamed the family for him not getting into heaven. That is just fucking... No, I don't like that. Yeah. yeah, so we were on a good track for a little while with Father Costa. We were, yeah. I had some hope for him that he had changed, I, did I too. guess. 
You know, I, I, I was reading about him not getting along with his fellow priest and I was like, well, it seems like he's doing better, you know, mm-hmm, like he's, yeah. he's, the town folk seem to like him. Yeah. Not anymore. No. So this was the reason why the family of the man who passed away paid the man who came to Father Costa's house $30 uh-uh. to kill the priest. Uh-uh. Which today would have been $912. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Okay. First of all, $912. That's ridiculous. It's not a lot. Not a lot at all. And second of all, because the man made a very jerky asshole comment is not reason enough to have him murdered. I don't think anything would be, you know? Um, I would feel Was he an asshole? Yes. Would I, mean, I be upset? Like it. Would I be upset and scream at him? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Would I kill him? No. Maybe punch him in the face? That I might do. I don't care I'd, if I go to hell. I'd be upset someone only paid $900. <laughs> it's like, dude, I was worth more than that. What the fuck? Oh, jeez. Oh, my gosh. So... After, you know, moving around and working so much, he wanted to settle down now. Okay. And he decided, hey, Galesburg is where I'm going to settle down. All right. And he wanted to build his very own church that he could preside over in Galesburg. Because the other church that he had built in town was looked over by another priest. He was okay. just kind of helping out there. Right. But he was worried about attracting followers, about not attracting followers, now that there were several churches in town, Catholic and otherwise. Okay. So he asked his fellow Rosmanians if he could have the body of St. Crescent. Oh. To boost his church's popularity. Okay. And his new church was going to be called Corpus Christi mm-hmm. in Galesburg, Illinois. It's still there. Okay. I mean, if you were given the option to go to a regular old church <laughs> or a church that had the body of a saint, which one would you go to? I mean, I could definitely see that people would want to be there specifically because of that yes yeah definitely you know it's kind of morbid but kind of interesting you know yeah yeah i mean isn't that what your whole podcast is kind of that yeah pretty much (laughs) a little morbid but a little interesting (laughs) i mean i think it's a lot interesting but but that's just me maybe (laughs) but that's a good way to describe it okay (laughs) so the rosmanian said sure Go for it. And he began the long journey from the United States to Italy so that he could see St. Crescent's body back to Galesburg safely. Wow. He did it all himself. Now, let's talk about the state that St. Crescent was in at the time. Okay. The body was entombed in very thin glass, like a glass case, Mm. which also contained an urn that had held all of the blood of St. Crescent in it. Oh my God. They drain all the blood out of him? Yes. It was customary at the time of his death to drain the blood of whoever Ooh. was whoever had died and put it in an urn with them in whatever yeah. casket or whatever. I don't like that. So at this point, all the blood had dried up, obviously. Yeah. It had been several hundred years. Right. I don't like that, though. Ugh. I don't either. I think it's kind of yucky. The bones of St. Crescent were partially exposed, mm. partially covered with, okay. uh, with wax. The okay. bones of the arms and the teeth were visible. 
So he was very like fragilely wrapped, like it not super professional. Okay. The last case was super thin. It did not seem feasible at all that this was going to make it to the United wow. States breaking without anything happening, without losing a limb or, you know, whatever. Wow. Okay. Something was definitely going to happen. So Father Costa expressed his concerns about this to one of his superiors. And the answer that he got was, St. Crescent will take care of himself and you too. Okay. And that prophecy proved to be true. No matter the obstacles they faced, St. Crescent and Father Costa came out perfect on the other end. Wow. Nothing was wrong. And I have a couple examples. Okay, I was just going to... I was going to say, what happened? I like... got a couple examples. Okay. <clears throat> so, on the journey, Father Costa was on his way to make a train, hopefully to make the quick the trip a little quicker. However, when he arrived, he realized that the whole train and everybody on it was infected with cholera. Oh. Everybody around in that, I guess, area, that town, had cholera. Yeah. So, he was like, I don't want to be here. He turned around, walked back 100 miles to take another... Oh, leap. my. Okay. I know. So he walked back all the way around to avoid this town that was infested with cholera so he wouldn't get it. Wow. The fragile glass casing that held St. Crescent managed to stay completely intact even when they did ride on other trains or boats or anything. And another interesting part of their journey was the Atlantic crossing with St. Crescent. I was going to say, you got to cross a big ocean. So what's... Yeah. <laughs> Father Costa had planned to take a ship called the Elysia to the United States. Okay. Somehow he didn't end up on this boat. We don't really know why. He either was like, he missed it or he decided to take a different boat or something. I don't know. He just maybe it changed his mind. Yeah. But the Olivia never made it to its destination and mysteriously disappeared in the middle of the ocean. Oh my gosh. And they ended up taking a different boat that got them perfectly fine to the United States. And they did they ever find that other ship? Nope. Ooh. I know. Imagine might how have, bad that would have been. Might have to look that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the time he made it to his new church, Corpus Christi, they were both fine. Nothing wow. was wrong. And once at the new church, St. Crescent was placed with his in his glass case into the wall of the right side of the church oh. where you can still go and see him today. Wow, really? Yeah. Yep. God, that He's just seems there. so creepy. I know. Like you can actually still see the bones and stuff? Yep, everything. Wow. Pretty crazy. But this is not the craziest part. Oh, okay. I've <laughs> not gotten to the craziest part. Okay. We need to talk about the legend of St. Crescent okay. in Galesburg. Do you want to tell us a bit or can I give like a brief synopsis? Go for it. Okay. So growing up. Get up on like, that mic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So growing up in Galesburg, everybody knew about this, about St. Crescent. Like everybody. Okay. You could probably go back today and ask some random person about St. Crescent and they'd just be like, oh, yes, he's in, he's in Corpus Christi to, and tell you how to get there. Okay. The local legend. I mean, whenever there's only 10 bodies of saints, like full bodies of saints in the United States. So it's kind of a big deal. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
my little podunk town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so the local legend is that ever since St. Crescent had arrived to Galesburg, our town has never been struck by any sort of natural disaster since then. Really? Yes. And everyone firmly believes it is because of St. Crescent. Wow. Like, every time there is some sort of tornado or something that comes up near our town, everyone is like, nope. They they, they think St. Crescent is protecting us. Wow. And has there ever been any record before he got there that you know of that... I looked it up. Yep. Okay. I looked it up, and there were... You know, the occasional tornado in, yeah. in the town. Most of what I found talked about St. Crescent protecting the town from tornadoes specifically. Okay. So even though, uh, oh, we got a little bit more. Even though he's a lesser known saint, there's actually a statue of him on top of the St. Peter's Basilica. Is there? Which is kind of crazy because he's not really very well known. Yeah. Um, um, which was built in 1703 before his body was even found. So I don't know how they knew. Wow. Well, they didn't know what he looked like, but I think there was some kind of like story about him or something. Yeah. Um, his statue resembles a young Roman soldier, like a, like a grown adult, huh. a, a young man as a Roman soldier stepping on a dragon. And he often gets mistaken for St. George because St. George is also seen often stepping on a dragon huh. but it's clearly it clearly says on it saint crescent hmm. wow he's got all this like weird mystery around him right there's not a lot known about his life or how he became a saint but somehow they knew about him in 1703 but they didn't find his body until 1880 whatever there had to be some stories though about him you know that that they made that statue yes. and even when they found that found it i'm sure there were probably people that were like oh i've heard about this or something you know mm -hmm. maybe yeah and like like we've seen with uh father costa saint crescent is well known to protect himself and everyone around him that is pretty cool and the people of galesburg have also noticed that wow ever since he arrived to galesburg in 1887 no tornadoes have touched the town none to this day Nice. And all the residents still believe that he protects them against tornadoes. And as long as he is in Galesburg, they will never have a tornado again. Wow. And that is all that I have on St. Crescent. But I would love to hear from you, Ryan. I just, I just think it's like growing up, I just think it was like a normal thing for me. Like I was mm -hmm. never really phased by it. <laughs> it wasn't really. Like, yeah, we just have this baby saint that protects us from tornadoes. It's downtown. Well, it's because like, have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. In it, in middle school, my 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 like little class of Catholics kids, we took a field trip to go see it one day. And was that weird? Like, do you see the bones and stuff? Weird. Yeah, it was definitely a little weird. Oh yeah, for sure. But huh. in some aspect, it's kind of cool too. In like a, weird I mean, dark, yeah, it is. It just seems really, yeah odd too yeah, I, I don't think i was as faced by it because i grew up in a town where everybody knew about it and mm -hmm. was like, oh yeah that's just the thing that's just the thing yeah, we all when know he about. first told me about this i was in i thought he was like i thought he was trying to pull a prank on me <laughs> oh really <laughs> like he told me he was like yeah we got this like child saint that like you know 
protects us from tornadoes I and did, stuff. I, I did say it in like a really offhanded voice. He did. He said it just like casually, just like threw it into conversation. And I was like, hold on, back up. Back up. Let's rewind a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, that. I think you were like, what are you talking about? And I go, have I never told you about this? No, now, when, when was this that he told you about this? This was like a year or so into our relationship. Wouldn't it? Yeah, okay. It, wasn't, it wasn't even that long ago. Wow. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, and then... Had we already been doing the podcast? It wouldn't be, right? Like, you would have known before that. I feel. Like, I don't think we had started it I feel it like you guys were close to starting it, though. Yeah. It was around that time. Maybe. What made you decide to do this now? Like, did it get brought up again? Or you just... It's been on yeah. your list, or what? So, it hasn't been on my list. I didn't even think about doing an episode on this until Ryan and Ryan was talking about it the other day. I was, I was telling our friends. Our friends. He was telling our friends about it. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I was trying to gauge how freaked out they would get by it. <laughs> yeah. They were just as freaked out. And it just kind of like popped in my brain. I was like, oh, that'd be a really good episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was super interesting to research. I found some like really old Italian newspaper that had like information about St. Crescent and his dad or something. I don't know. It was, and I had to like, I had to partially translate it myself because it was an old Italian newspaper, you know? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's really cool. So, and then apparently I also read that whenever St. Crescent arrived to the town, they had a whole parade, a big party, and then put him in his, his place where he is now. And he's been there for that long. Wow. Mm-hmm. I know. I can't, 1887. I can't remember if there's pews right next to it or if it's like pews in front and then a little gap so people can, so there's like room for you to walk up to it and see it and then pews after that. But I know it's there. It's on. Wow. And I saw a picture of it and it didn't look like there was any pews around it. It might have not have been. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that is St. Crescent. All right. The child saint that protects the town of Galesburg, Illinois from tornadoes. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> and I thought Ryan would be good to have since, you know, he's, he's the inspiration. Sealed. Well, yes, he, he's from there. So yeah. like one of the few, I guess, kind of interesting facts about my town. I, I forgot to say earlier that like you were talking about the, the how Galesburg was like a big train mm-hmm. spot. I'm pretty sure Galesburg was on Hitler's bombing list. What? Because... Because at that point in time, Galesburg was such a huge train depot. Like um, that's crazy. It, it, it went out everywhere. Wow! It's still, like the tracks go out everywhere, and so because it was such a huge, I guess connection, it had a huge connection to other places. It was. It was. I'm pretty sure it was on his bombing list. All right. Well, we're gonna have to look that up. We're gonna have to look that up for sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm gonna need to verify that. But wow. <laughs> That is kind of crazy. And I wonder if uh, St. Crescent protected Galesburg from that. Protected them. Yeah. That's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for uh, joining us, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Always. You're welcome. I was excited to do this episode. Yeah. Good. Cool. If you ever uh, need someone to... Or want someone to join again and just make a little banter here and there. <laughs> uh, I'm game. I'm, okay. I'm here for okay. it. Okay. Awesome. We we All love right. you, Ryan. We might need to get another mic though. That way we can each have our own mic. These mics are expensive. 
I mean, if you were going to be on more often, we would definitely probably want another mic, but yeah, just to yeah. share one. Or so we don't have to share. Yeah, you, that, 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 we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure All, right. Out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, don't forget to follow us on uh, social media. Yes, TikTok. Do all of that. TikTok is a uh, roadside podcast. Instagram is roadside, is roadside pod. pod. We also have Facebook, roadside podcast, and we have an email. What's that, Ryan? I don't remember. Roadside pod at gmail.com. You guys have a Twitter? No. No, we don't have a Twitter. We have a YouTube. Do you know what our YouTube is? You guys have a YouTube. Isn't it just youtube.com slash roadside? It's roadside pod. Oh. Roadside pod. Do you know where people can help uh, support us? On Patreon. Patreon.com slash roadside. Or you can go to roadside.com. Roadsidepod.com. Roadsidepodcast.com. Never mind. Roadsidepodcast.com. <laughs> you, like, you need to keep a little list. I know. I got to keep myself like, a list right, right next, here. Like, right I have they just all, they're all so similar. How I do. I... And I have a list that I just keep, I have in Google Keep that I pull up every episode. So it's literally right in front of my face every time. Like, <laughs> like when you make your passwords the same or kind of similar. Yep. Yep. And you got to go through all <laughs> of them everything. before you find the right one. Yeah. Yep. Ah, so until next time. Until next time, we love all of you and keep finding the thrill in the mysterious. Bye. Bye. Bye.